Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 36 of the Aquascaping Podcast. I'm your host, JR. Check us out at aquascapingpodcast.com. You can listen to all the interviews and episodes there, as well as iTunes and Stitcher Radio. You know, you look around the world today and everybody's kind of reacting. There's so many things happening at once that it's just kind of jumping from one thing to the other. And one of the great things about this hobby is it allows you to slow down. The process takes months to go from the beginning to the end. And if you have something envisioned in your mind, if you have a plan drawn out and you're able to execute it, and in the end you have this creation manifested there in your office or in your home, there's a huge sense of gratification and accomplishment that's attached to that. We've talked in the past about creating a goal, and that's a very important first step. And making it specific, is it do you want to get into the top 200 of the IEPLC, or is your goal to set up a jungle-style aquascape so that you can learn how to grow a variety of plants and have knowledge for your future aquascapes? Those are two very different goals. But once you have that, the next step is to put in place a sketch. Now your sketch is basically the map to your destination. Your destination is your goal, your map is your sketch, and you can get there without it, but you might be meandering around in the forest a little bit. So that's what we're talking about today, design principles and creating a sketch of your own. I'm gonna go through my method, which is sort of a hybrid using photography and Photoshop to make a sketch. For those of you who do use Photoshop, I made some brushes specifically for you to download. It'll help you with your foreground plants as well as mosses. And I also went ahead and took a whole bunch of plants and I silhouetted out the back so that you could bring them right into Photoshop and layer them all right on top of your photo to make a very realistic sketch of your next aquascape. So we got a lot to get into today, so let's jump right into it. Hey, what's up, aquascapers? Sean here. The real thing you want to think about is where does the eye, where is it going to set, where is it going to rest, where do you want the eye and the view to travel? And when you're doing that, you're going to manipulate it using the hardscape, you're going to use negative space, you're going to use the planting to try and draw the eye of the viewer. And then you want to dictate where that eye is going to stop, where it's going to move to next. And those are things to think about as you begin your front sketch. Beginners, if you're not uh, kind of a natural at this, or you know, if you're not somebody who looks at composition in in this way, you can think about these these guidelines that a lot of people use. Um, things like the golden ratio, the rule of thirds, which can help you identify these natural focal points within the space that you're working. Focal regions can consist of dominant pieces of hardscape, you know, something that really sticks out, draws the eye. It can also be colorful plants. Sometimes if you put a red plant in a position, it's really going to be dominant in that area and people are going to find themselves drawn to look at it, to look at that area. Sometimes the places where the eye stops and the eye rests uh, is going to be where there's less stuff, where there's some negative open space. So there's lots of different things you can do to make that. And when you're making your front sketch, consider how you're going to do that. Other thing you want to focus on when building your front sketch, when drawing it out, and you don't have to be a great artist, I should add, to, to put this together. You really just think about the shapes, the layering, and where you want things in your aquascape. Another important part of that is depth. You can think about ways that you want to create scale and depth and incorporate those into your planner sketch. There's lots of ways that scapers do this. One of those ways is plant selection. 
if you haven't noticed by now, you, hopefully you have, there's a number of plants out there that have very, very similar colors, leaf shape, and growth form. The only difference being there's, there's a bit of a size difference between those plants. And so you can utilize or exploit that difference to kind of exaggerate a sense of scale and distance by using larger leaf plants in the mid-ground or front areas and then the smaller ones towards the back that makes it look like you're looking at that same plant just further away. So what is your goal based off of? Is it based off of materials that you already have or is it based off of materials that you need to get or is it a combination of those two? So you need to kind of figure out where are these materials coming from? Do I have them already or do I need to purchase them or acquire them somehow? And if you do need to purchase the hardscape material, I highly recommend that you do so before you ever get to the sketch. That way you have options in front of you to base the sketch off of. It's a lot easier to do it that way rather than just to create something off the top of your head and then have to go out and search for those specific materials. A lot of your success in aquascaping and designing is gonna come from the options that you have. So the more options you have, the better off you are and the more successful you're going to be. So go online, look at examples, get inspiration, get an idea and a feel for what materials you're going to need and purchase those so that you have options in front of you to work from. All right, now the way I go about it is kind of a hybrid method. You can certainly go the old school way with a pad and a pencil, nothing wrong with that. But the way I do it is to use my hardscape materials that I have and then set up a few different examples either in the aquarium or in an outlined area the same dimensions as the aquarium and take photographs of each example. Now once you do that, you can import it into your computer and look at them side by side and decide which one you like the best and if none of them are working out, you go back and set up a few more examples. But if you find one that you really like and you want to work on, use that as the basis of your sketch. Now, what I like to do at this point, I have the photograph either in Photoshop or whatever image manipulation program that you're using, is I just turn it black and white. That way, it kind of takes everything, you know, color sometimes distracts when you're trying to design something. I just turn it black and white and kind of up the contrast a little bit. An important side note here is to use your aquarium lighting when you're taking your photographs. That way you can see exactly how the shadows look within the aquascape and you can move your hardscape material around to manipulate those shadows in a meaningful way. Now this is one of those details that can be left out of a sketch if done with a pad and a pencil unless you're a master at lighting. So by using a photograph of the hardscape as a basis of a digital sketch, you get a much more real representation of how things are gonna look once you're all said and done. Okay, so to recap my method here, making a digital sketch, get your materials and set up a couple different variations, take photographs of them with the lighting above your aquarium just the way you're gonna have it. Take a look at them on your computer, choose the one you like, turn it to black and white, and then up the contrast and you'll be ready for the next step. know have a vision for what you want for the scape and think about how again how plants can do that for you so if you want something that's going to be a wabi-sabi 
It's gonna have a natural chaotic look. What plants are gonna help you accomplish that? What style of a planting is gonna get you towards that look? Uh, for example, a mixed carpet is gonna create a much more wabi-sabi look than a single plant carpet. I think carpets that, while they look very nice, consist of a single plant like HC or Glasso or, or Monte Carlo. They look very manicured and so they don't look natural. They don't have tufts of grass poking through or maybe a hydrocotyl pushing through the edges or a chain sword. These mixing of different plants in some spaces, particularly in the carpeted area, gives the scape a more wabi-sabi, more natural look. It's chaotic, it's less garden-like. And so that's something you can think about when choosing your plants and how you intermix them, which allows you to kind of stay true to that vision of wabi-sabi throughout your aquascape. Plant selection is very important in a number of other ways. You want to consider, you know, how do the plants grow? How do they look together? What, what requirements do they have? And where are you going to put them? And in that front sketch, you can see how those different uh, layers may look from the front. If, you know, you have a shorter growing plant uh, with some hardscape behind it and then a stem behind that, you're thinking about how those layers come together to provide this cohesive uh, front view of your aquascape and the front sketch can help you do that. One other thing to think about or consider is the balance and the flow of the aquascape. So how are the pieces working together? If you're drawing your front sketch, you can think about elements of the aquascape, of the hardscape or the planting that you find yourself kind of repeating throughout the scape. And that's one thing I like to do to bring this cohesive look to the aquascape is repeat different elements of a plant or type of planting or even hardscape throughout the entire aquascape. That ensures you're not creating different regions that look distinctly different, almost as if you have two separate aquascapes in the same tank. And instead, they'll look like the entire scape is just a part of the same environment. So that's one thing I like to do to ensure that uh, I am creating um, a cohesive look to my aquascape. Okay, so we have our selected photograph on our computer to use as the basis of the rest of our digital sketch. The next part is to start putting in some planting ideas. And the way I like to start off is very generally, I'll just make a new layer and start circling areas to designate them for certain plants and I'll use different colors. So for example, moss will be purple. So everywhere I make a circle with purple, that's gonna be moss and so on. And once that's done, once I can look at it and, and I like the idea, I'll move on to start to make it look a little bit more realistic. There's two ways you can go about this. You can sketch them in freehand, or you can use actual illustrations and photographs of the plants that you're planning to use. Silhouette out the back so you don't have that white background behind them, and then layer them over your photograph of your hardscape so that you get a pretty good representation of what it's gonna look like if you do use those plants. Now the most time consuming and difficult part about that is silhouetting the plants, getting rid of the backgrounds so that you can layer them on top of your photograph without that white box around them. Well, I went ahead and I did that hard work for you guys. I went on to Mostly Tropica's website. I took a whole bunch of plants and I got rid of those white backgrounds and I saved them all into a zip file that you can download. The reason I mainly use Tropica's website for this is because, well, they have a whole bunch of plants to choose from, but also they're actual illustrations, so it looks more like a sketch when we're using them in this way. 
Now, before we go any further, I have to mention that these illustrations are property of Tropica. However, it's my understanding that we can use them as long as it's for personal and educational purposes. I'm not selling these. I'm just giving them out there to you guys as my friends, as listeners to use in your own personal sketches. So guys, don't download them and use them for commercial endeavors. This is just for your own educational purposes. So to download these, just head over to aquascapingpodcast.com slash episode 36. You'll see links in the show notes. The way I use them is just drag them right into Photoshop. They come in on different layers. And when I need to put them behind the hardscape, so I have to maybe hide part of the plant so it looks like it's actually behind the hardscape, I'll just use layer masks and paint it out. You can also use the eraser and erase it, but if you do it that way, you're not able to paint back in those areas if you decide to move it later on. I'll also leave some links in the show notes to some tutorials on using Photoshop and layer masks uh, in case you're out there and you're wondering what the heck I'm talking about. Uh, but I promise it's really easy, especially I've done all the hard work for you. So all you got to do is drag the images right onto your photograph and you're, you're mostly there. You just need to paint out or hide areas of the plants if you decide to put them behind your hardscape. Now, the most difficult thing to do is to add in mosses and foreground plants, especially if you're just duplicating these little plants all the way along the bottom of your screen to try to create a carpet that's really not the way to do it so what I did was create some custom Photoshop brushes to do this work for you and I'll talk about that after this next segment with Sean quick tip here uh, when it comes to drawing up your aquascape sometimes you can find yourself kind of subject to a little bias in how you're viewing it and it's this is kind of totally subconscious you can look at it and say this looks really great I like it but then later maybe you're not happy with it or you maybe you can't put your finger on what is exactly not right about the aquascape that's bugging you so one thing you can do with your sketch is try turning it upside down or looking at it backwards this helps eliminate your kind of natural subconscious rationality or viewing of this aquascape you're drawing and things that don't look right, don't flow well, don't balance might pop out more to you if it's upside down. So let's say you already have an aquascape up, one you're working on, and you want to evaluate your aquascape. Well, how do you do that if you don't have a sketch in front of you? Well, you can try to look at your scape through a mirror. The mirror is going to reverse the image and help you critique your work. You may, again, have things that pop out as not looking quite right. They don't look balanced. Uh, and this, again, is something that you learn to feel as you do more aquascapes. And the mirror technique can help you, like I said, critique your work and improve upon it. And eventually you might find things that you look in a mirror and you go, hey, yeah, that looks pretty... That looks pretty cool backwards too. I'm, I think I nailed this one. So that's it. That's my quick tip. Turn your sketch upside down or backwards to evaluate your plans. And if you already have an aquascape, look at it in a mirror. See how it looks or what you think of it when the image is reversed. Online, you can find some really great examples of front sketches. Uh, Stephen Chong's YouTube channel. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes there. He has some videos where he does these kind of blitz drawings, and it gives you an idea of what a front sketch could and should look like. Uh, we'll throw a couple others, I think, in the show notes, give you an idea of something you can work up, and hopefully some ideas about how you can go about creating your own front sketch. 
So besides the front sketch, another thing to consider when planning your aquascape out is the overhead view, essentially creating a planting map. And so you're looking down upon your aquascape and you're trying to get an idea of where you're going to put what plants, how much room they're going to take up, right? How much space in your aquarium, in your aquascape, are those plants going to occupy and where they're going to go around your hardscape. It's important to consider the space the plants will occupy, that you should allow some room for growth. Well, I, we talk a lot of times that planting densely is important, and it very much is. If you want to stave off algae, if you want to have a healthy aquascape from uh, from the get-go, but you don't want to crowd your plants out with others, and so you don't really want to be planting a lot of different plants kind of right on top of each other. Some of them might grow faster and shade out the other ones, and that's going to cause a challenge as the scape develops. So you should consider growth speeds, the growth forms, and the light requirements of the plants, how you're putting them together, and where they're going to be growing around your hardscape and around other plants. Unfortunately, it does take some experience growing many kinds of plants to have an idea about how they grow, how much space they end up needing to grow healthy and look their best. So I've said this probably before, but for beginners, it might be best to kind of stave off really focusing too much on design. I think it's not bad to throw some design into your aquascapes, right? You want them to look nice uh, or as as nice as you, you can at the level you're at, but really aim for in those first scapes, learning to grow plants and also learning how they grow how they respond to trimming, and how they might look next to other plants. That is going to help you improve on your aquascapes. If you find yourself doing lots of different scapes with only you know three or four different plants, you're really, really limiting essentially what you can work with your canvas. You know That's like trying to paint a painting with only three colors. And they're not primary colors. Some of you might get smart with me there. <laughs> if you say, well, I got my primary colors, I'm good to go. Plants aren't like that. So you need a lot of different plants to make a lot of different looks. And the only way to get the experience you might need to, to escape well with them is to grow them and to learn about how they grow and how they look. Sometimes it might be worth just trying out different plants, not saying no to plants if you have the setup, particularly if you have pressurized CO2. Give everything a try. See how it looks. See how it grows. That is part of this learning experience. And then you know how to apply them best to your planting plan, where to put them, and how they might look once they mature. So in addition to creating those silhouetted plants for you, I also made two Photoshop brushes. The first is a dwarf hairgrass brush, and it's a dynamic brush, which means all you have to do is click and drag, and it dynamically creates individual blades of dwarf hairgrass that vary slightly in size, in direction, and in color. So you don't have to sit there and individually click in blades of grass. This will do the whole thing for you automatically. And the way it chooses the colors is your foreground and background color that you have selected in Photoshop. So just select a slightly lighter green and a slightly darker green, and it'll choose between those and use those as the basis and the limits of the spectrum of color that it chooses. The other brush I created is a moss brush. It's also dynamic. It works exactly the same way. Just paint on wherever you want moss. You can also use it as a generic foreground plant for Monte Carlo or Glasso or anything like that as well. So you can do it with a pad and pencil the old school way. That's perfectly fine. But when you do it this way, you have the actual hardscape material under the actual lighting you're going to be using as the basis of your sketch. So you get a much more real representation. You see those shadows exactly how they're going to be. And you're able to design things at a much finer detail level. 
with a pad and pencil, it's kind of like using Google Maps before it's completely loaded, right? It's kind of blurry, it's pixelated, but when you're doing it this way, you're working with more detail. So it's like Google Maps is completely loaded in and you can see every little nuance. And the more of those nuances you can sketch out and plan for, the more successful you're going to be in the end. I think as aquascapers, it's not a bad idea at some point to really put some effort and some thought into preparing your aquascape versus just throwing some rocks in a tank and then working around uh, what looks best. Think about what hardscape you're going to use to get the look you want and then go about trying to acquire that hardscape. Think about what plants are going to give you that look and go about planning where you're going to put them all before you put a single bit of anything in your tank and you might be surprised at how much improved your aquascapes become. All right, so that's it for this week's episode of the Aquascaping Podcast. I hope you guys learned something this week. I hope you got some tools that'll help you out in the future when you're sketching out your next aquascape. Again, you can find everything at aquascapingpodcast.com slash episode 36. Don't forget to also check us out on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. You can listen to all the episodes and interviews there. Send in your comments and questions to aquascapingpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a good week, and we'll see you next time.